All right, so for the last two weeks, we've been exploring this, this theme of Sabbath rest, a theme that actually goes back thousands and thousands of years for the followers of God, back as far as the Ten Commandments themselves. So the first week, we looked at the Old Testament case for rest and saw that we rest not because we're tired, but we rest to imitate God. We saw that rest is a command and rest is a gift. And then we got some ideas about how to practice Sabbath rest to, to in everything on our, our Sabbath rest days to honor the Lord, to seek, um, to, to pay attention to the things that delight us. And so once again, we saw that Sabbath was, was something that was given to us not to weigh us down. And that, the, the typical response to the Sabbath in the Old Testament was to neglect it or to disregard it. So the prophets kept saying, why would you neglect this, this wonderful gift that God gives us? Then last week in the sermon, we looked at how Jesus approached the Sabbath. We heard Jesus say that the Sabbath was made for us, not us for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is intended for us to be able to thrive and to blossom and to, to live the abundant life that Jesus came to offer us. And then we heard Jesus talk about how he was Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was a time to do good. And then, because um, I mentioned to you last week, I'd heard a number of people say, but it's so complicated. I gave you some simple suggestions for, for celebrating the Sabbath on, for most of us on Sundays. And I actually posted that on our Cornerstone Facebook page, just some ideas about how to begin the Sabbath on Saturday evening um, with a prayer of dedication to wake up Sunday morning and to thank the Lord for the Sabbath, to, to be in church on Sunday morning, to hear the voice of God, to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, to have a Sabbath meal. So I posted all that on our Cornerstone Facebook page. And if you're intending for, for your Sabbath to be on Sundays, and this is a Sabbath day for you, you may want to go back and look at that, and you may want to look at it next week before you start your Sabbath then. So, here we're coming in our, our third, our last sermon in the series. We're going to look at what is actually the longest biblical passage that talks about the Sabbath, because we haven't even gotten to that yet in, um, in Hebrews chapters 3 and 4. But before I read the, the text, let me um, do a survey here. And, and this isn't to grade you, okay? Um, be honest in this so that we sort of kind of get a sense of how we're doing um, as a community with this, all right? So the first group, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. If you wanted to experience a Sabbath day of rest this week, you wanted it, but you didn't get to it, then raise your hands. You kind of wanted it, but just didn't happen in your life. In other words, you didn't get a Sabbath rest day this week. Okay, now, come on. That means all the rest of you did, or you didn't want it, right? Okay, thank you. All right, secondly... If, you, if you're actually planning for today to be your Sabbath day of rest, raise your hand just so I get a sense. Okay? For most of us, this is going to be the most natural day. If you work on Sundays, if you're in a medical field or something that you can't, then you will pick another day. But I got to tell you, the easiest day for us to learn this spiritual discipline of Sabbath rest is going to be on Sundays. All right. Now here, this one, I, I want to know this too. If you're still really not sure that this makes that much difference, all right, be honest and raise your hand just so I can see where we are. If you're not sure, it may thanks, CS. <laughs> if you're not sure, really? You, all right. Actually, that's encouraging because I didn't know whether I had made the case that it mattered or I don't know whether you're being honest with me. I don't know which it is right now. Um, but if it's true that you actually think that it matters, then, then that gives us more to work with as we go forward. Um, 
sometimes we, I realize that, that we haven't developed this spiritual discipline of weekly, you know, a Sunday, Sabbath day of rest, because we didn't know that it mattered that much to God. We didn't know it was a thing for God. And so then we, at some point in our life, we realize, wow, this is one of the top ten things that God gives his people in the Old Testament with the Ten Commandments. So sometimes it's because we didn't know it was a thing for God. Other times I feel like we maybe don't practice the Sabbath because we just, we didn't know how to go about doing it. And then we find out that we can, it's not that complicated, we can do it. Isn't it interesting though, when we know that it matters to God, and we want it, and we're actually kind of tired and weary in life, isn't it interesting that something we know is good for us and something we want, we don't get to. And so I want to talk today a little bit about the obstacles that are going on within us that are getting in the way of Sabbath rest. I just, because when we want something, we know it's good for us, and we don't get, we got to start unpacking what's going on inside of us that that we're just not getting there. And this is actually a good idea for any spiritual practice you're trying to develop. If you, you know it's good and you want to do it, but you're not to, ask yourself, why am I not getting there? So I want to have you do some thinking. If, if you're at this point, why is it that you haven't gotten this yet into your life? Maybe you didn't make plans for it, okay? Um, but if you know that it matters to God and you know that it's good for you, why is it that Sabbath rest is still something that you're hoping someday to get to, maybe, but don't have in your life. And as I've tried to, to listen to conversations, as I've tried to kind of do some reading up on this, I actually have a theory that I want to float by you for why so many Christians are not getting to Sabbath rest. Um, and we'll put it up on the screen here, because I think this is possibly something that we ought to consider. A fear... Of missing out. <laughs> I got a suspicion that we've got FOMOs against Sabbath rest. Fear of missing out on fun. Well, if I do the Sabbath, I can't have fun. Well, actually, we found out that that's a day that's supposed to be fun for us. Fear of missing out on social media, not having enough interesting things in our lives to post so that people can see that we have a better life than they have. Fear of missing out, what Ernie talked about, when we compare to other successful peers. Fear of missing out on getting everything done. You ever have that fear? So uh, in our leadership team and, and staff retreat, um, here's how, how Adam put it yesterday. Holy crap, I have so much to do that I got to get done before Monday. Ever have that? Fear of missing out on getting everything done. Fear of missing out on that perfect job that will pay enough money to pay for educational loans and buy us the vacations and the cars and the things that we're going to want someday for our kids. Fear of missing out on, because we, we maybe we, we just didn't work hard enough, missing out on our perfect career. Or fear of stagnating or getting stuck in our career. So we don't we think we have to keep going and going and going and going and going. Fear of missing out on the next right job, fear of missing out on people's approval. What if we stop answering work emails on Sunday for 24 hours? 
Fear of missing out on the approval of people because people will disapprove that we're not in the rat race moving fast enough. So my question for you is, might you have some FOMOs that are getting in the way of Sabbath rest? And I just want to give you a second to actually maybe try to put words. What's getting in the way of Sabbath rest for you? I'm just going to be quiet for about 30, 40 seconds. Think about that and try to answer the question. What's getting in the way of Sabbath rest for you? I'd actually love to hear everybody's response to that because I think I would learn tons about what's going on in our lives. Um, I actually encourage you to. Um, this is something good to share over your Sunday lunch with friends or family. You might share. What are, what are, you, what are the fears? Or what else, if it's not fears, are getting in the way? Well, I found something really fascinating in Hebrews 3 and 4. I told you the longest passage in the whole Bible talking about Sabbath rest. I thought this sermon was going to be about facing down and conquering our fears so that we got them out of the way, so that we would start to actually practice Sabbath rest. But when I dug into this text, that's not what the text does. It's not what this text teaches us to do. Very interesting, and I'll show it to you. Hebrews 3 and 4 don't try to get us to overcome our FOMOs against Sabbath rest. Hebrews 3 and 4 teaches us to develop an even greater FOMO that in comparison the other ones drop away into insignificance. I'm going to read the text for you. I'm going to give you just a few kind of background notes so you kind of get the context of what's going on. Then we're going to go back and I'm going to, and so even as I'm reading the text, try to find the the FOMO that's here, okay? So this is um, Hebrews chapter 3, starting with verse 7. It starts out like this. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and I want to just stop right there. This isn't Pastor Bill talking. It's not any of the other pastors talking. The writer of Hebrews is saying, it's not even him talking. Hear what his first thing, he says, this is what the Holy Spirit, there's something the Holy Spirit has in this for all of our lives. Today, if you hear his voice, that would be God's voice. Do not harden your heart as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. All right, the historical reference here, I mean, there are a number of times the Israelites rebelled against God in the Old Testament, but the reference that is, is most central for this is they'd been freed from, from Pharaoh and slavery in Egypt. They'd come through the wilderness. They were ready to enter the promised land. If you know the, the historical account, they get to the, the land of Canaan, and God said, this is going to be my promised land. And the writer of Hebrews actually equates it to a land of Sabbath rest. God says, this is where I want you to be. This is, is the life that I most want you to have. And, um, and they get there, and they figure, you know, we better send some spies into the land. Pick 12 spies, send them. They go all through the land, and the spies come back, and every single one of them says, It is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is a great place to live. Two of the spies said, so let's get going and let's move into the promised land that God has for us. But ten of the spies say, it's a great place to live. But there are giants that we would have to, the obstacles are too great for us to go into the promised land. So the writer of Hebrews is getting us to equate this. 
The obstacles are too great for us to enter God's Sabbath rest. So the ten spies, they convinced all the people to, that they just couldn't, they couldn't overcome these obstacles. They couldn't trust God enough to do this thing that God said he wanted them to do for their own good. And this is God's response. God says, therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways, and I swore in my wrath. This is God, God now speaking. God's swear, swearing at this point. I swore on my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. What the Israelite people did, the next 40 years was endless wandering and chronic busyness and never settling for 40 years, just circles and circles and circles in a wilderness till that whole generation died off and the next generation was finally... I pray that your generation doesn't have to die off so the next generation can experience the promised land. I pray that this is something that your generation will learn in entering into Sabbath rest. So it's an extraneous kind of thing, but, but I, I, I think of that image of God swearing that they will not enter his rest, and that's going to come up a few more times in this text. And in my head, I picture Gandalf on that, that um, stone bridge with his staff going, you shall not pass. <laughs> and you're going to hear that come up a few more times in this text. All right, the other thing that you need to know about these verses, um, this is actually a quote um, from Psalm 95. The writer of Hebrews uses it. It's the same psalm that Naomi started. Naomi read the first half of Psalm 95 when we began our worship service. This is a quote from the second half of Psalm 95. And here's why this matters. Psalm 95 has for thousands of years and hundreds of years before Christ, Psalm 95 in Orthodox Jewish homes is the psalm that is read on Friday night to begin their Sabbath. Any Orthodox Jewish person, if, they, if they're following the tradition, has for their entire life heard Psalm 95. Today, if you hear his voice. today, if, So when the, the readers of, the, of this, this letter to the Hebrews, when they read this, their first thought is as soon as they come to those words, <coughs> as soon as they hear those words, they think, oh, this is about Sabbath. This is about that weekly day of rest. So let me continue with the the scripture. It's a long scripture text. As I read it, I'm not going to make many other comments. As I read it, try to find the FOMO that the writer of Hebrews actually, take that back, that the Holy Spirit wants us to get. So continue with verse 12. Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, again, Psalm 95, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? 
And with whom was he, God, provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So see that they were unable to enter because, interesting, because of unbelief. Because of So if you look through just what I underlined here, they heard and rebelled, they sinned, they were disobedient and unbelief. All of those are things that lead us to, to not enter into God's rest. But continue with the text. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as it did to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest as he has said. This third time. As I swore on my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. Again, he's tying this to our weekly rhythm. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage, fourth time, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again, God's so gracious, he appoints a certain day today. Saying through David, so long afterwards, and the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. Did you, did you catch where the FOMO comes in? Because this wasn't my idea. Chapter 4, verse 1. Look at it. Should be the next one. Nope. Keep going. There. Hebrews 4.1. Listen to this. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest, we're talking about this weekly rhythm. Since the promise still stands. This is not just an Old Testament thing. This is not just something for the New Testament. This is for Christians, followers of Jesus today. Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of us should seem to have failed to reach it. The Greek word is the word phobia. The Holy Spirit wants us to have a phobia of missing out on God's Sabbath rest. He wants us to so realize that it is a a place of delight. It is a place of joy. It is a place where, where we get perspective and clarity. It's a place where we develop courage. It's a place where we re-anchor our lives and find our balance. And he wants us to have a fear of missing out on Sabbath rest that is so huge that every other FOMO we have against it drops away in insignificance. And that's what happened for the Jews when they read Psalm 95 as the preeminent Psalm of Sabbath rest. They kept hearing that they did not want God to swear that they would not enter his rest either. 
So four times I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter. To whom did he swear that they would not enter? I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter. They shall not enter my rest. Can you start to develop that fear so that you stop missing out on the glories of Sabbath rest? Not just this month, not just today and this week and and this year, but for the rest of your life. Would you fuel a fear of missing out on the glories of Sabbath rest. And so let me just go through it. I'm going to do this a little bit quickly. I went through the passage, and I don't put it up on the slides. I went through the passage, and I just saw, what did the passage say we have with Sabbath rest? And what's the passage say we have without Sabbath rest? And here's what we come up with. With Sabbath rest, we hear God's voice. Without it, we miss God speaking into our lives. With Sabbath rest, we have soft hearts. Without it, we have hardened hearts. With it, we cooperate with God. Without it, the text says, we rebel against God. With Sabbath rest, we trust God. Without it, we test God. With Sabbath rest, we have peace with God. Without it, we provoke God. With it, we follow God. Without it, we have straying hearts. With it, we receive blessings from God. Without it, we receive wrath from God. With Sabbath rest, we have pure hearts. Without it, we have evil hearts. With it, we we rely on God. Without it, we have unbelieving hearts. With it, we live in truth. Without it, we are deceived by sin. With Sabbath rest, we share the blessings of Christ versus missing them. With Sabbath rest, we have confidence in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Without it, our confidence erodes. With Sabbath rest, we're constantly able to renew our wisdom our courage, our clarity, our faith, and our delight. Without it, what it comes down to is we keep on the rat race with the rat pace of life. With Sabbath rest, we obey. Without it, we disobey. With it, we have peace and calm. Without it, we have endless wandering. With it, this is a little bit further in the text than I read, We receive God's mercy and grace in our times of need. Without it, what we receive is exactly what we deserve and what we've earned. With Sabbath rest, we start to live into the pace of grace instead of the busyness and weariness of our complete self-sufficiency and disobedience. When you look through the text... I just, as I made those lists, I thought, why have I ever lived my life on the wrong side of this when God has so much that he wants us to receive in Sabbath rest? So let me bring this series to a conclusion with the next couple verses from Hebrews chapter 4. This is verses 9 through 11, and we'll conclude with a few thoughts on these. So then, there remains. It's still there, guys. We can still live into this. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest also rests from his works as God did from his work. 
And by the way, we're, we're told to honor the Sabbath, to keep it holy. And on the seventh day, we're supposed to refrain from all our work. Just so you get that in your heads, that's all of our paid and unpaid work. And if we enter into God's rest, we also rest from our work. This goes into our schedules for the rest of our lives. This is one of those, those spiritual practices that will change every single... It's like worship and like prayer. Every single week for the rest of our lives is different if we understand this incredible truth. For everyone who has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us strive to enter his rest. That's why the title for this series of sermons was The Hard Work of Rest. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Another translation says, let us make every effort to enter into that rest so that no one would fall. So Cornerstone Church, there still remains. God offers every single follower of Jesus a rhythm for six days to work and the seventh day to rest. God offers that to every single one of us as a gift. There still remains a gift of faith. Can we resolve to make every effort to enter into God's Sabbath rest together? Can we resolve to make every effort to strive to do the hard work, to be shaped by God's word in our relationship to time, instead of to be shaped by our culture's values and comparing ourselves? Can we compare to Christ instead of comparing to our peers? Can we make every effort? Can we strive? Can we do the hard work to increase our faith in God so we trust him like the Israelites didn't? They didn't trust God enough to enter Sabbath rest in the promised land. And so, so this, um, this FOMO fear of missing out, I think we really ought to be developing also a fear of missing faith. Because when we miss faith in God, it reflects every week in our schedules. Can we make every effort, strive, and do the hard work to put this into our calendars? Could you please just not say, okay, it's another good sermon, yeah, yeah. Can you make a resolution that if it's Sunday, if it's, it has to be a different day, that's fine. But that you will mark out every Sunday for the rest of your life as a time for Sabbath rest? And can we make every effort and do the hard work to begin our Sabbaths with prayers of dedication the night before so that we are honoring the entire Sabbath? Can we do the work to guard our Sabbath? And that takes hard work. Because there are certain things that we're going to have to decide, I don't, this is not the thing that I'm supposed to do on this day. Would we do the hard work, please, and resolve that? Can we do the hard work to, and this is another thing that I've been learning um, more and more, do the hard work to manage the rest of our week so that we can rest on our Sabbath? Because that's part of what happens, right? That's why we have to cram for exams and pull all-nighters, is because we didn't plan our life before that. If we plan the rest of our six days, then we will be able to cease from all of our work, our paid and unpaid work, on the seventh day as a Sabbath. And could we also do this? Can we do the hard work and strive to exhort one another and talk about what we're learning and what we're not learning? Can we, can we promise to look at each other's lives gracefully, but look at each other's lives and 
and kind of send up a, a, a flag when we see uh, a busyness, a hurriedness that is swamping and wearing us out and making us ineffective. And here's another thing that I would just, I would love for something to start here at Cornerstone that would still be affecting our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren in 100 years. And here's what I want to encourage you. When you get married, would you learn how to do Sabbath rest together? So that when you have kids, they've watched parents who model this. So that when they have kids, and when their kids have kids, that your children and great-grandchildren have a greater delight in God because they've watched something that started now in your life and is blessing the next century or century and a half. Can we make every effort to keep the Sabbath holy so that we enter into God's rest? If we get this, it will change, pun intended, the rest of our lives because we will have rest for our lives. You will be better people than you can ever imagine. Just get this one. Let's pray. Father, it, we've watched. We can see in biblical history and we can see in history um, since the Bible examples of those who miss this and examples of those who got it. And the ones that got it, not only were they changed, but they had a witness for the world that stood out. And we don't have time, we didn't even have time to examine people like the Moravians who launched the greatest missionary movement from the time of Christ. And they launched it out of a fullness of learning Sabbath rest. May we in our generation taste and see how delightfully good it is to develop this rhythm of work and rest so that we imitate you, so that we can be the deep and impactful people and generation that we so long to be. Would you help us with this, Lord Jesus? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.